On a marathon of a day in Blacksburg, the Boilermakers rebounded to beat Virginia Tech to even their record at 1-1, one one, with a trio of games coming this month at Ross-Aid Stadium starting Saturday with Syracuse. I'm Kyle Charters, Tom Deanhart here as well for Gold and Black Radio. Tom coming up, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Tom, the Boilermakers get a road victory at Virginia Tech. Not an easy one. Purdue, though, pulls it off 24-17 in that nine-hour marathon in Blacksburg, just a, a a crazy day. But man, Tom, you've got to give Purdue a lot of credit for on a day in which they have a five and a half hour delay. Uh, they're playing in a difficult place. It's a road game, first road game for Brian Walters as Purdue's head coach coming off a loss the week before in which, you know, even though I thought there were some things that went well against Fresno State, clearly not enough things that went well against the Bulldog, all that added up. And then Purdue makes the plays at the end, really in all facets, to be able to get a victory. It was quite the day. Yeah, I really think that's what's impressive, Kyle, is the adversity that Purdue overcame. I think you laid it out very well. Um, Coming off the loss, a very dispiriting loss, 39-35. to I think Purdue thought they let them off the hook last week against the Fresno State. They stayed the course, had to go on the road in a tough environment. Then you have to endure that weather delay. Uh, you could have made a lot of excuses if you lost, but they found a way to make plays and win. So just a lot for this team to build off of moving forward. And Kyle, a good chance for Purdue to move to 2-1 and one this week with Syracuse coming to West Lafayette. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the Orange and sort of that game last year and and try to look ahead a little bit to Syracuse a, a bit later. I'm surprised to see that at least what I saw, Syracuse a favorite in ross Stadium, which I know a narrow favorite, but that was a little bit surprising to me. But it is now a chance, you know, Purdue has done what it needed to do, and that was get sort of a, a makeup victory against the Hokies to give itself a chance to get to three wins in September, heck, maybe four wins um, yeah. this month, and put themselves then in a, in a position over those last couple of months of the season to get to six or maybe more victories. It, it could be one that you look back on at the end of the season and think, yeah, that that's when, you know, Purdue sort of found itself a little bit. Now there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of places to go uh, between, between now and then, but at least Purdue has repositioned itself here for these next three weeks. Yeah. I mean, you look Kyle at what happened to Wisconsin, right? Got beat at Washington state. Illinois looks very pedestrian. Uh, needed a last-second field goal to beat Toledo, then got the whipped at Kansas last week. I know Syracuse is 2-0, and but they've beaten Colgate in Western Michigan. So why not 4-1 and in September, right, Kyle? I mean, maybe that's a real possibility here. If that happens, Purdue's obviously set up very well uh, for those last two months to get at least two more wins, you'd think. So, um, yeah, I tell you what, Big Ten West could be wide open. We'll see how Iowa, how good Iowa is, too, as we move forward. But, um, yeah, you know, Kyle, maybe that loss to Fresno State as time goes on 
will prove to be a, a beneficial thing. It's, it's, it's as hard as that is to swallow. But I tell you what, there's nothing like a loss to draw everybody's attention in and to redraw your focus and keep everybody on track. So everything happens for a reason, I think. And, and that was a pretty good Fresno State team. I think time's going to prove that as well. So Purdue obviously learned its lessons and it has moved forward in a, in a very positive fashion here. The Boilermakers got off to a great start against the Hokies, led 17 to nothing. And then, man, it, it felt like uh, Tom in a flash. That game suddenly was tied up at 17. I think I, I thought it took a lot, um, man, maybe mental toughness just to recover uh, and be able to, to make the plays. Purdue got a couple of interceptions, got some third down mm -hmm. stops, uh, finally started converting offensively third downs. Again, uh, got the late three conversions during the, the touchdown drive that turned out to be the game winner and then held on defensively at the end of the contest. What in all of that impressed you the most? I think, you know, again, um, uh, not not buckling when, when you lose that 17-point lead because um, that could be a very uh, uh, dispiriting experience to see a big lead get frittered away. Yeah. There was a point there, Kyle, where I think Purdue had 10 possessions in a row where it didn't score at all. Uh, but the defense kept them in the game. And, um, and again, the uh, offense finally came to life and, and delivered it and then made some plays. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, again, like we said earlier, a, a good uh, test of your ability to overcome adversity. And, again, there's nothing like adversity of losing a 17-point lead on the road after a long five-hour weather delay. And, and staying in the course, finding a way to make plays to win the game. And like I said, uh, you always find out more about people in times of, of adversity than when they're doing well. So, you know, you, you, you're going you're gonna to earn a lot by, uh, by getting a win like that as opposed to beating somebody 50 to nothing. I know there was a lot of talk going into the week about <sighs> Purdue trying to find an offensive identity and, and exactly what that would be. It seems like they took a step forward on that front in this game. Devin Mockaby had a, a really good contest, nearly 100 yards rushing. Purdue uh, found its tight end more often, though uh, that was Max Clare for the most part. Garrett Miller to get back out there, but certainly didn't play uh, a whole lot. But Clare, the redshirt freshman, uh, was really good. Uh, Hudson Card had another efficient day. Uh, you know, he, he did convert third downs, at least on a, on a couple of drives, and seemed a little bit more aggressive <laughs> Uh, on the ground running the football. Uh, do you think Purdue took a step forward in, in establishing itself an offensive identity? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about Devin Bockaby. I, I don't think he was involved early enough last week against Fresno State. You, they, they got him on track in the second half, but I really think this offense probably goes with Devin Bockaby. Um I know they want to pass the football, but as Ryan Walters said after the game, they're gonna they're gonna pass to score, but they got to run to win. Yeah. And if, if Mockaby's running the football, boy, you saw what that does to this offense. Opens things up. And uh saw Sheffield. I, how about you seen at a big game as well? He's really coming on, Kyle. Yeah. Deion Berkshire only caught one pass. I think it was targeted only four times, but they still won. Who would have thought Max Clare would lead the team in catches? He's gonna be a special player. So, yeah, a lot of great things to build on. But, yeah, do you think the identity is coming into a little sharper focus, I'm sure, for the staff, too? Better idea of how these guys play under fire, 
who they can trust and who can make plays. And again, for my, for my money, number 45, Devin Mockaby, he's got to be the fulcrum of this offense. I think if it wants to have success. I mentioned that Miller was back though, uh, you know, maybe shaking off a little bit of rust, perhaps not back to a hundred percent. Hopefully he can get there soon. Josh Kaltenberger also returned, uh, Purdue's yeah. backup center and starter with Gus Hartwig out. Those two guys uh, seemed uh, to make a difference, especially perhaps Kaltenberger there on the offensive line, brought a little bit more stability there to the interior, I thought. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, all five of those guys, but every snap on Saturday. So it uh, shows you the trust they have, or maybe the lack of trust they have in the backups. So, yeah, it was good to get him back there at center. Garrett Miller caught a pass early in the game. Kyle, the first drive, his first catch since 2021. Uh, I don't know if he played after the weather delay, but it was just good to get him back on the field, I'm sure. And you know, maybe we'll see more of him this coming week. So a lot of positives to, to build off of on the offensive side of the ball. <clears throat> Purdue's defense was very good, especially up front. I mean, it limited the opponent, the Hokies, to 11 yards rushing you know there's going to be some coverage issues uh, i think at times for this team tom but if you can mask those issues by getting some pressure up front which purdue did and also then by getting a couple of interceptions and turnovers which purdue did then i think you can survive that certainly you can survive if you only allow 11 rushing yards and the opponent to score just 17 points yeah a lot of credit to the outside linebackers nick scourton and Kydrin Jenkins had great games. Um, they were a menace most of the afternoon at Virginia Tech. Uh, getting pressure, getting sacks, getting TFLs, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I thought inside linebacker OC Brothers had a, had a very good game too. So, again, they got some playmakers on that side of the ball. Uh, not a lot of depth in the back end. Um, I tell you what, Purdue's very lucky to have their two cornerbacks from the portal, Markevious Brown, and Marquise Wilson, those guys play a lot of snaps, and they're both uh, above-average quarterbacks who got to stay healthy because, again, the depth is pretty shaky, Kyle. I think there's a chance maybe this week or maybe maybe next, but maybe this week, Purdue gets back Salim Turner-Muhammad. The transfer from Stanford who's yet to play, he certainly would help give some depth and some experience to that cornerback room once he gets back on the field here. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll let uh, Tom Chug and OJ here for a couple of minutes. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of Syracuse. Uh, we're really going to reminisce, uh, Tom, about last year's game in New York. What a memorable one that was. Uh, Purdue will try to try to get the orange back here uh, this week in the night game in Ross. Let's take a break. We'll come back. You're listening to Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. 
When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Well, Tom, uh, the ACC Network very often replays uh, the Purdue-Syracuse game. Uh, not one that I think, as a, as a Purdue person, that there are a lot of uh, of us who want to go back and and take a deep dive, as you would say, into, boy, was that a frustrating game for the Boilermakers there a year ago. Uh, I, I don't know how much that game comes up this year. It's, so much has changed. Uh, in yeah. A, obviously, I mean, man, the player turnover, um, the coaching staff, obviously. Uh, so, so I don't know if that if that uh, matters all that much to anybody except for us, you know, sort of sitting here. But, but what a tough one that was a year ago, and a chance now for Purdue to to, to maybe put that one certainly in the in the rearview mirror if it can get a victory on Saturday night. Yeah, that was as crazy a game as I've ever seen, Kyle. Uh, after Aiden O'Connell threw that pick six, but he was down by 10, I think. They looked dead. And they rally, of course, scored the go-ahead touchdown with about 51 seconds left. I think they got it sealed up. And then, of course, they have the sequence of penalties, and Syracuse scores the touchdown. It's the clock strike zero, basically. So just a real heartbreaker. And uh, But – you know, Purdue, Purdue obviously rebound from that and had a good year. So maybe some payback for the Boilermakers uh, on Saturday. You know, Garrett Schrader's back at quarterback for uh, for the Orange. So we'll see. Like I said, they're 2-0. They beat Colgate Western Michigan. Um, Dino Babers is the head coach. Of course, Dino was an assistant for Jim Coletto way back in the day. Head coach of Bowling Green in Eastern Illinois. And Kyle, I think he was the head coach at Bowling Green. He brought them over here and he beat Purdue at Bowling Green. Yeah. You're probably, you probably in the press box for that game. So Dino had a dog. Dino's got a lot of good memories. I talked to him last year, did a story with him before the Syracuse game. And he's got, he's got a lot of great Purdue memories. Had a daughter born here, calls her Buckethead because she was born on the old, old looking bucket game day. <laughs> so he's going to have some reminiscing to do, but you know, he wants to get the win and, and um, yeah, again, I think I think Purdue may be given a point or two right now, Kyle. Um, I, I suspect when this thing kicks off, Purdue should be a, a slight favorite, if not maybe a three-point favorite. Probably still close to a pick'em. It's going to be a lot like last last week's game, kind of a toss-up, I think. And uh, great opportunity. Purdue's got to protect its home field. They, they got to win because because again, you look at what's happened in Wisconsin. You look at Illinois. Like I said, Kyle, this September looks like maybe it's opening up to be a month where Purdue could realistically go four and one. Remember, they got games with Northwestern and Indiana still. So 
Uh, I know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but my gosh, if they're four and one as, as, as we get to October, uh, boy, they're, they're, they're going to be giddy over there in, in the Kozich football complex. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah, I think that Syracuse game a year ago after Purdue took the lead, I think it kicked off from its own 10-yard line. Yeah, I don't think I've great. never seen that before and, <laughs> and haven't seen it since and probably uh, never will again. That was that was pretty crazy. Uh, there's some things to build off of. Certainly Purdue was not a uh, completely finished product against Virginia Tech. As you mentioned, what was it, 10 straight drives that were that were yeah. for the Boilermakers? I mean, we have not yet seen – uh, Purdue play a 60-minute game. I don't know how many teams in the country play a full 60-minute uh, of flawless football, but you do need to take that number up, uh, certainly. Um, and so, I, I, you know, even though Purdue wins, uh, much like, you know, much like the week before and that Purdue loses, but at least I felt like, I think some others did too, that Purdue did some things well. Purdue gets the victory this last week, and you feel like, man, there are still some areas where they could be a lot better. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, that they, they were better on third downs, which helped. It sort of stung Dinnikow to see Hudson Carr get stuffed on that fourth and one. Yeah. I think the short yardage thing is always going to be an issue, but they were better on third down. Still don't commit a ton of penalties. And Kyle Purdue's one of two Big Ten teams that's yet to commit a turnover. So I think that's significant as well. And they got, what, three takeaways this year. So I think that's significant as well. But, yeah, I think the offensive line can always get better. Uh, that, that's always going to be a working project. We know about the secondary. And really, Kyle, I'm, I'm just not sure how much better either of those two units are going to get this year. I just think that that's what you've got December to August to figure out. You yeah. really can't get better between September and then November uh, with your personnel, obviously. Um, can't make the NFL transactions. So, yeah, but again, I'm um, – I think maybe we could still see more from Hudson Card throwing the ball downfield. Um, maybe a little bit more from Tyrone Tracy. I think he's been very effective in small doses. And yeah, up front, you know, uh, just get more out of the out of those outside linebackers. So, um, but yeah, there's plenty to build on there over there uh, along Northwestern Avenue. Yeah, I think Tracy's been great. His uh, limited action seems to always make things happen. Be at the center of things when he. When he gets the ball, uh, Dylan Thieneman is is one of those that uh, I'll put this in air quotes allowed a third down conversion on what was a ridiculous penalty uh, that was called uh, against him. But man, he had another great game, uh, another interception. Uh, yeah. Will he finish, Tom? Here, here's a question for you: Will he finish his Purdue career with more than forty interceptions? Forty? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's averaging one a game. Why not, right? Yeah. What a, what a fun story. He's going to be on every freshman All-American team, obviously. Yeah. He's going to deserve it, too. Um, I think he's the only guy on defense. He's played every snap. Think about that. 18-year-old freshman has led you in tackles both games, leads in interceptions, plays the most snaps. I mean, maybe that's an indictment of the personnel that was there. Uh, maybe it's more of Dylan Thieneman's talents. Some, or maybe it's somewhere in between. But my goodness, you know, I think I asked Ryan Walters about him last week, and they saw all this coming in the spring. He was with the first team late in spring football, and he just kept coming on and coming on. And it's not only the talent, Kyle, but they always just talk about, you know, those intangibles. And he's a hard worker, and he studies. And, and they trust him, Kyle. They trust him. They're not going to put you out there, but they don't trust you, buddy. He's, yeah. that, he's that deep, deep safety. That's it. And think about that. 
I mean, he's the last line of the fence, 18 year old kid who was in Westfield High School last year. And he's the linchpin of this defense. The last line of the fence, maybe the most trusted guy on that defense. So it's going to be fun watching that guy. Probably not the kind of guy that's going to turn pro early. So Purdue could get this guy for four years. I'm always hesitant to, to brag too much on safety tackles. I think that can be one of the I got you. Most, yeah, I got I understand. Yeah. Most, I think it can be one of the most misleading stats in football. Not true, always, true. though, uh, because Thieneman is making tackles all over the field. And when you're making tackles but also doing other things, uh, like intercepting the football and creating turnovers, uh, then that then that <laughs> add add to the tackles, add that that other stuff to it. And man, uh, pretty clearly he has made a, a gigantic impact on the <laughs> Boilermakers. Yeah, that reminds me when I was in school, <clears throat> Rod Woodson always led the team in tackles. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Make the tackles oh. 10 yards downfield. So you're right. But again, he's already been around the ball. Yeah. And uh, my gosh, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. So yeah, this, you know, we're, we're they're just scratching the surface here, right? You can practice all you want. You can lift all your weights, watch all your film. We don't know nothing until you get out there and they're trying to take each other's heads off. And we got two games now, home and away. So I think we're get, obviously getting a lot better picture this team and, and remember the personnel you know it's it's okay i think some of the d-backs ryan walters has already recruited guys like luke williams and some of these guys are the new safeties you know Susie kane cam allen antonio stevens you know they matriculate out there's i think there's some really promising guys yeah. coming that are going to matriculate to this program no disrespect to anybody here now they can still have a very good year but um just remember that too He's the, Ryan Walters just getting started here. It's going to be fun as he tries to continue to flip this roster over. All right, Tom. Sounds good. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again uh, later this week as we preview the Orange. Hopefully by then you'll be uh, <laughs> you'll be on the mend and back to a hundred percent. I don't want you. I don't want to see you on that. Uh, I'm sorry. Availability <laughs> list on Saturday. Yeah, and about two hours before game time, I'll be on the out list. Out. No doubt. All right. Thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.